Can the church say amen? amen? Do you give him all the praise and all the glory? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come right now thanking you, Lord, that you are so worthy to be praised, that we lift up your holy name. And Father, at this time, Lord, we pray right now, let it be all of you and none of me, Lord, your servant, Lord. Preach your word to us, your people, so that we will grow, that we will learn, and that souls will be saved and souls will be edified. That, God, that you will be glorified and that we will continue to leave this place and never from thy presence, giving you glory and giving you honor by how we live out your word. Lord, teach for your servants listen. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Let all those agree say amen. Amen. You can turn to the Gospel of John, ninth chapter. The Gospel according to John, the ninth chapter. As you're turning there, I want to deal with the title of the sermon, if you are, I'd rather be put out. I'd rather be put out. And as you're turning to the gospel, according to John in the ninth chapter, I want you to think about the car you drive or the house you live in. Think about maybe your favorite dish. You might have prepared that dish this afternoon, so when you get home, you have it waiting for you. Or, or maybe think about how uh, your favorite vacation, the favorite place you would like to go. And if somebody asks you, why do you like your car, or why do you like your house, or why do you like this dish, or why do you like that location so much, you will emphatically describe and express how much you love this place and how much you love this car, or how much you love this dish, and how nothing else compares to it. No matter how much they'll tell you how my dish is better than yours if they disagree, no matter how they tell you that my car is better than your car, you have already made up your mind that what I have, I appreciate, I like, and there's nothing else that can compare to it. Why? Because it's personal to you. When you have invested some in yourself into something, when you look at what you, co what you have for yourself and, and that you realize that nobody else has what you have, nobody compares to your house, to your car, or to that favorite dish, or my favorite dessert my mom makes is dump cake and everybody else can make dump cake, but my mom's dump cake just tastes better. Because I know she made it with some love, and I just know that it just, it just smells better coming out of her oven. And so, so I always would try to get a piece. When I was a child, I would, I would love it when my mom would cook it because I could smell it. And I knew, I said, Mom, where are you taking it? Because wherever, wherever the cake went, I wanted to go so I could give me a piece. You didn't get a piece at home. Man. You had to wait till it was freshly cut. So I would wait. I had to wait, and you wanted it fresh and hot. When it came out the oven, you see the crust bubbling, and I would look, oh, that cake looks so good. Uh, the golden crust. I just couldn't wait to get some Cool Whip and some cake on a plate and be at home. And it was something special that I went to other places. I had other people's dump cake, and I would still, I would compare their dump cake to my mother's dump cake because there's nothing else like it. And so in the process, if it came down to it, someone had me to choose which cake I would want, I would rather have my mom's. 
than the other cake. If it came down to it, somebody told you you had to choose the two, two locations, your place or vacation or theirs, you said, I'd rather go to mine than go anywhere or else. If it came down you just choose between the car you wanted and the car somebody else wanted you to have, you said, I'd rather have mine than anything else. All I'm trying to say is this, that sometimes in our lives that we'd rather have something else or be put out than to settle for anything less. In this text, we're about to look at a man that was put out because he didn't want to settle for anything less. Uh, in this text, we're about to find how someone was rather confess Christ than give in to the stresses of the world, that he realized that what he has experienced personally, what he has seen personally, was greater and better when somebody else was trying to tell him what to say or what to do. In this process, he tasted for himself and found out what was true. I, I'm telling you about my mother's dumb cake, but you got to taste for yourself to find out if you agree with me. Some things you got to know for yourself to speak for yourself. In this text, we see Jesus teaching. If, I'm going to bring us to the 24th verse of the Gospel of John in the ninth chapter. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read verses 24 to verse 34. And, and listen to what the Word of God says. For the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this, I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Hear the, the attitude and the pompous in that saying, huh? We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he could not have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. Tell somebody, I'd rather be put out. Uh, in this sex, we see this boy who was put out by telling him, them that Jesus healed him. Your job tells you can't lift up the name of Jesus. What you going to do? The school tell, told me when I was a kid I couldn't pray, but I prayed before every test. <laughs> I realized that I'd rather be put out than not confess Jesus. I, I, he's done too much in my life that I know, I've tasted, I've seen for myself that if you try to tell me to try something else, I tell him there's nothing greater than Jesus. And in this, pro I want you to put yourself in this man's shoes. This man was born blind. The record shows in chapter 9, verse 1, that Jesus was on his way and he sees this man blind. And, and the situation is that he's so well known, everybody knows he's blind. The, the disciples said to Jesus, uh, what happened to him? That he was born blind. Was it his parents that sinned? Uh, who did this, that this is on him? And 
Jesus breaks down to and lets them know that this is not because his parents have sinned, but so that the work of God can be seen in him. So that the work of God can be seen in him. I want you to tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor that God wants to use you. And now this blind man looks unusable. <laughs> this blind man is left begging on the streets because he cannot see. And if he cannot see since birth, guess what? He cannot read. And so if he cannot read, his memory must be real good because we just read in the text how he went and told them we known from from beginning that no man has been born blind and has been able to see so this man must be from God we we know this and so we see this man who is blind by birth unable to read but he can clearly see God in his life he'd rather be put out the world rejected him. The world neglected him. The world did not care for him. How do we know this? When they see this blind man is able to see, they do not celebrate with him. They do not rejoice with him. They do not say, look, you can now see. You no longer have to beg. Instead, they said to him, how is it that you're able to see now? And who did this to you? And how did it happen? Uh, I want you to understand that there's some people in your lives that want to put you out because they don't have what you have. And when they, when they see something happening great in your life, they don't celebrate it, they criticize it. And they will come up with some kind of excuse. If I had your education, I would have that job too. You're not special. If I live in your neighborhood, I would know those people too. You're not special. You're all this time, they have so much haterade in them that they cannot rejoice what God has done in you, and they probably cannot see what God has done in their lives. You see, when you get caught up, want to put somebody else down because what God has done for them, that means you have neglected to see all the goodness that God has done in your life. Samuel Thomas Durham would be so jealous of people getting straight A's in, in class that I would say, well, they're just born smart. And all I'm doing is making an excuse for what God has done in their life and has failed to let God work in my life and let Sam take his books home and do his homework too. Too many times in our lives that we would neglect to work on what God has given us and we just want to try to work with somebody else has and be mad that it doesn't work for you. Tell somebody it's not for you. Tell somebody else it's not for you. You see here, this man was blind, not because of sin, but so that God's work could be done in him. Tell somebody, there's some things that are going to happen in your life just for God to do his work in you. Tell them, there's some things that are going to happen in your life just so that God can work in you. Because sometimes God got to put you in a position so he can put you in a place to be used for him. Do you see, the blind man was in a position for Jesus to bless him. He had to be in that position in order to receive that blessing. But some of us are out of position, and so we're missing out on our blessing. Just... As in, you might be watching the NBA playoffs and you understand in basketball that they throw the ball where the person should be. But if that person is out of position, the ball may be turned over and go out of bounds or go to another player. In other words, if you are out of position, you might miss out on your blessing or it might go to somebody else. 
Ask Moses. Moses, uh, did you make it into the promised land? Did you lead them into the promised land? No, I missed out on my blessing. It went to Joshua. Oh, uh, David, uh, did you build the temple? No, I missed out on my blessing. Uh, it went to Solomon. Y'all see here. Maybe I need to help y'all a little bit more. Saul, uh, did your children stay on the throne? No, I missed out on my blessing. It went to David. Am I talking to somebody here? Do you understand that God has called you into a position, but yet if you do not obey him, if you do not let him use you, you can miss out on your purpose. But this blind man uh, sitting by the road in the position for a specific purpose. He, he was positioned for a specific purpose. Tell somebody, I, I have been positioned for a specific purpose. And this blind man was positioned by this blind, this role for God, for Jesus, to show how God can use him. Now look at this here. This blind man, unable to read, blind by birth, convinced by the world that he has in this condition because of sin of his parents, convinced by the world that he's of no good, he's a sinner, and this is, this is why he's in the condition that he is in. And a lot of times people will prejudge you because they see where you are, but they may not understand that this is just your position, not your destination. He was in this position for a purpose because God had a greater destination for him. He was here in this part blind, and, and they could not rejoice with him. They could not celebrate with him. Instead, they were questioning him multiple times. They did not ask him once, did not ask him twice. They kept on asking him who did this and when did this. And look at when it happened. It happened on the Sabbath. This is the problem here. Uh, it was a Sabbath. Uh, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Uh, it's the Sabbath. Miracles don't happen on the, the Sabbath. Uh, it's, the, it's the Sabbath. The men of God, prophets, they respect uh, uh, the Sabbath. It's, it's the Sabbath. So this man should still be there blind, begging, and not disturbing us. It's the Sabbath. But no, this man, not only Jesus made mud out of the dirt with the saliva. He rubbed it on the man's eyes and then told him to go to the pool of Siloam. And now look at this here. Anywhere in the text, did you see the blind man ask Jesus to be able to see? You don't see it. But yet, God already knows your needs when he sees you. When you let God put you in the position he wants you to be in, he will provide for you. <laughs> This man was already in the position, ready for God to do his work. And so Jesus just looked at the disciples and said, this has happened so that God's work could be revealed in him. So let me show you what God about to do. So let me make some mud and rub it on his eyes and go tell him to go wash. Now look what happened. The boy gets up and go wash his face. And he said he came away seen. I once was blind, but now I see and look how the people started looking amazed, saying, how is this boy now? Is this, they said, is this the one? Uh, is this the one that's blind or was begging? Some said, no, it's not him. It, it's somebody else like him. He had to let her know, say, I, I am. 
It's me. You're not confused. You're not mistaken. I'm that one. I was that blind beggar one. When God has put you in a position to, to receive his blessing and his purpose, it's another opportunity for you to testify and tell them how God has blessed you in your life. Uh, it's another opportunity for you to let them know that it is me that has been blessed. It was me. It was not no miracle just because you stepped by, but it was God putting me right here for this specific purpose and time. Too many times in our lives, we won't give credit to somebody else, but he realized that it is me. It is I. It's I that is here. And they asked him, who did this? He said it was the one called Jesus. The one called Jesus did this to me. He made mud and put it on my eyes and told me to wash. And now I see. And the people were puzzled because it was on the Sabbath. And that equated work. It was work to heal on the Sabbath. It was work for this blind man to get his stuff up and go wash on the Sabbath. And so these pious people, these religious people who truly deep down in the heart, you can't fault them. They want to honor God. And, and so many of us sometimes get so caught up with tradition, we don't understand what it means to worship God. I, I might talk about somebody. I might not get too many amens in a few moments, but we get so caught up about how we used to do things and how we want to do things, but we do not say what thus saith the Lord. Jesus told this man to get up. He didn't question. He didn't die. He said, let me go wash this mud off my face. And now he sees. Uh, the people started questioning him and saying, who did this? And did not give credit to God. Too many times in our lives, if service don't go the way we want it to go. Pastor don't preach the way you want him to preach. Choir don't sing the song you want to sing. Uh, Bible study don't start the time you wanted to start. You going to get mad and say, that's not how God should do it. Well, are you God? God is not caught up with man's traditions. Uh, clearly, if you look at the Bible, I believe in Acts, uh, it says that they worship God every day. It said daily they went from house to house, breaking bread. But we have elected to choose Sunday as our major day of worship. And also we have elected Wednesday, but many of us just show up on Sunday. We don't show up on Wednesday. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I didn't think I'd get so many amens. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it says how they daily broke the bread with one another, had communion with one another, celebrating the resurrection. Uh, when was the last time you opened up your Bible and studied the Word? I'm not just talking about I got my Bible Sunday morning, past I read it. Nah, on your own, when was the last time you opened up the Word and said, God, I want to hear straight from you. Speak to me, or your servant heareth. In this process, we see here, we get caught up just doing traditional things and not trying to have a relationship with him. But this blind man who's been outside of community because he's been blind, he's been begging, yet he understands who God is. He was in the position for a specific purpose. And look what happens here, that everybody is, is scared of the Pharisees. We find out when they brought him to the Pharisees that the Pharisees questioned him and they didn't believe what he was saying, saying that Jesus must be a sinner because uh, a sinner would not have done work <laughs> on the Sabbath. And then, then the, some of the Pharisees, were well, that, that logic doesn't make any sense because if he was a sinner, how could he do such a miraculous sign? So they were divided on this. So they said they asked the young man and said, man, who do you say he is? He looked at him emphatically with his, his, his feet planted, his shoulders broad, says he is a prophet. Because he knew 
for himself from what he has experienced that, and what he has known that this man must be a man of God. And that did not satisfy them. That's what happens when people hear your testimony. You might see it on the news sometimes when, when people want to give glory to God, when something has happened and says, well, how does this happen? Oh, I want to give God, they try to cut them off. <laughs> then I say, well, that's not, the, that's not the answer I want for my question, but that's the answer you're going to get. To, uh, uh, how did you land that plane? Well, it was by the grace of God. I understand, but weren't you trained yet? Yeah, but God's grace <laughs> brought me through. Uh, how, how, how did you make it out of that forest by yourself? Is it because of your training? Yeah, but it was by God's grace. Too many times they want to hear what you have done, but yet that's just another opportunity for you to say it was greater than me. Yeah, it was bigger than me. It was God. And, and people will try to knock you down and let you know it was this and, and not that. And you can let them know I'd rather be put out than not to say it was Jesus. I, I'd rather be put out not to confess my Lord and Savior. You can say what you want to say, but those words did not come out of my mouth. You did not see that young man stutter. He said he is a prophet. I don't care what y'all want to say. Well, he's a sinner. I do not know. I can't talk about his history or, or about his past, but I knew, no, he is a prophet. And since he was a prophet, he did this for me, but then they weren't satisfied. They had to go get another witness. They said, let's go get the parents of the one that is blind. And his parents came and said, here, <laughs> he's of age. And we're not going to speak because they were fearful that they would be put out of the synagogue. And so they let, they let him know what we do know. We do know he's our son. We do know he was born blind. But how he now sees and how it has happened, we do not know. And they said this because the Pharisees have already made up their mind to kick out anybody that confesses Christ. And so out of fear, they said nothing. So what did the Pharisees say? Well, we just go back to the boy. So they called him back a second time. And look what the young man said to him. He said this to them. He says, uh, why are you asking me a second time? <laughs> you already listened and did not listen. You already heard me say, but you did not understand. What are you saying? But we might be dealing with other people, right? You, you tell them how things happen and they don't believe you. So they ask you again. You good thing about when you tell the truth, <laughs> you might have to remember what you said, you just say it again. And so all he had to do is tell him the truth again, like this is what happened. You didn't believe it the first time. And he said this in, in a negative way, rhetorically to him, says you do not want to be his disciples. And they took it because they understood what he was saying. He's saying, look here, look here. You, you're asking me these questions not because you want to be his disciples. We already know you don't want to be his disciples. You, in other words, what people do sometimes, they come up and ask you about what God has done in your life because they just want to discredit you. They're trying to prove you wrong. They, they want you to see what they see. But he already understood that in spite of what you're trying to do to me, in spite of what you're trying to show to me, I know the truth. And, and this is what thus saith the Lord. And look how he started teaching them. We already know from history from up to this time now that no man been born blind has been able to see. And, and so this man must be a, a man of God. They cursed him, they insulted him, and they threw him out. This boy would rather be put out than give in to their commands. But look at this, look at this. Oftentimes we want to be part of a group that, has, that does not want to be a part of you. In school, there was a cool group. As always, there's a cool group in my school, and I wanted to be part of this group, but they hadn't. They didn't want to do anything with me. But I wanted to be a part of their group, so they would have me do things to be part of their group. And the things that they would want me to do were things that would get me in trouble. Go figure. 
If you want to be my friend, why are you trying to get me in trouble? If you want to say, if I was cool, if I would throw this book out the window, I'd be cool. If I, if I yell at the teacher, I'd be cool. You know, these things, I'm, I'm telling on myself, but my mom already got the report, so she know what her son would do. And so so I, I, I would do these things trying to be cool, but them same cool kids that acted like I was cool would not call me to their cool parties. Because I want to be a part of them, but they had nothing to do with me. And the same saying, this, this young man who is now able to see, wanted to be part of the community, but the community had nothing to do with him. Tell somebody, when the world rejects you, God will accept you. You see here, they put him out, and we see here in the next verse, Jesus heard of the man being kicked out. And it said when he found him, which means that in his active verb that Jesus was looking for this young man. Aren't you glad Jesus is looking for you when people reject you? <laughs> Aren't you glad that people, Jesus will call for you when people won't call for you? <laughs> Aren't you glad when people put you out, Jesus is trying to put you in? <laughs> and you see here, Jesus comes to him and says, do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, who is this man? <laughs> so he says, the one who is talking to you, the one who gave you sight. Now he went for saying, just master, the search says, I worship you, Lord. Said he fell down and worshiped him. That he got on his knees and worshiped him. What he's found out here is that when he was neglected and rejected, the psalm says that don't, 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 even if my mother and my father may forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. We see here that his mother's father had forsaken him, but the Lord took care of him. You see, the community had neglected and rejected him, but Jesus has accepted him. Do you see here that this man, he would rather be put out and, 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 and not confess Jesus. So he confessed Jesus Christ and he was thrown out, but he was only thrown out into the arms of Jesus. You might be going through issues in your life that people are challenging you in your faith. Huh? You might be struggling in, in, a, in a sin issue in your life, and the devil it thinks he has you right now. But I want you to understand that when you re reject the world and accept Christ, uh, yes, people may leave you, people may excommunicate you, because in this society, it was a worshiping society. So if you are not in the worshiping society, you are not part of the community. It was a worshiping community. So if they did not go to the temple together, if they did not worship together, then they were not part of this community. And so his parents feared not being part of this community, but he feared not being part of God. We need to understand that the kingdom of God is greater than any a partnership, any organization here on earth. And what I'm trying to drive home is that some of us have organizations that we serve greater than we serve our Lord. We don't miss not one meeting of this organization, but we don't come to church meetings. We don't, we don't miss one fundraiser for our event, but we don't come to study the Word of God. Yeah, I'm trying to hurt somebody here because we need to realize that it's better to serve him than try to please some man in this world that has not a heaven or a hell to put you in. It's better to stand for Christ than some people, when it comes down to it, will probably don't even know your name. It's better to stand for Jesus who was hung high and they stressed why, and for you he died. It's better. To stand for him who's right now interceding on your behalf. We see it here that I'd rather be put out like this blind man. Because look at the judgment that came. 
Jesus said, now I've come to judge those who are blind to make them see and those who are seeing that they may be come blind and is this not the first time he talked about judgment he went on early in the verse 4 he said I am the light that whenever or as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world and this is not uh, new in the gospel according to John because the gospel according to John how the word became flesh and the word was the light of the world and the world rejected the light. You can see this happening right now. The, the Pharisees uh, the Jews uh, who Jesus came from are rejecting the light because they're blind uh, they cannot see uh, but a blind man uh, that was born blind uh, could see in his blindness and now sees ever more clearly now that he's gained his physical sight because spiritually he knew the word of God now physically he sees Jesus how much more than us who have not seen Jesus but one day he's going to appear with a trumpet sound uh, and all this glorious angel will come with him uh, this man right here realized that now I see just like that song uh, amazing grace I once was blind but now I see uh, don't you see this amazing grace happening to this young man uh, I'd rather be put out uh, I'd rather be put out of my sin sickness uh, I'd rather be put out of my life of darkness uh, I'd rather be put out of my life of ignorance and be put in uh, in the wisdom and the knowledge of of the love of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, to understand what it means to be a part of the true vine and, and be a real branch uh, to understand how the Lord is my good shepherd uh, and I shall not want uh, to understand how he's the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end to understand how Jesus uh, is the author and the finisher of my faith to understand uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to understand Great is he that's with me than he that is in the world. To understand, though the world may be against me, I am more than a conqueror. So the world can put me out uh, because this world's going to be thrown out. Uh, but a new heaven and a new earth is going to be made uh, over in glory. Do you see here how this blind man was physically blind, but internally he could see? And he could see greater than these seeing Pharisees. He could see so well that Jesus went to make sure and revealed himself to him in the physical. And let him know that you have not been judged because you see. But those Pharisees that heard, <laughs> they asked, are we blind? Surely we are not blind. But Jesus said, if you could see, then the sin would not be on you. But it is. What is that saying is that we in our ignorance cannot be excused. When you know right, you ought to do right. This man who was blind wanted to see and can't see. The Pharisees did not even want to listen or believe. You see that in the text? Sir? They did not believe the blind man. That What happened? They do not believe Jesus was sent from God. I want you to understand. Try Jesus for yourself and see that he's all right. Trust him with all your heart and see how he will give you joy. See just as this blind man who realized that I am standing up for what I know to be true. You too, stand up for what you know to be true. Do you know that Jesus is the son of God? Do you know that while he was here on this earth, he was 
fully man and fully God. Do you know that he is the Messiah, the Christ? Do you know that he gave up his life and he took his life up again on the third day? Do you know he is seated at the right hand of the Father, exalted in all glory? Do you know he's interceding on your behalf right now? Do you know that one of these days he's going to come back in all his glory and, and, the, and, the, and the living and the dead will rise up together? Do you know that he will open up the book of life and whosoever's name's in the book of life will be with him forever in glory? But whosoever's name is not in the book of life will cast in the pit of hell. Do you know that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the bright and the morning star, the Lion of Judah? Do you know that he is the Redeemer? and a lover of your soul. Do you know what he can do for you? He can close Daniel's lions. <laughs> he can cool off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. He was Peter's bridge while he was walking on troubled waters. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you know him, you can know him in awesome and miraculous ways. A blind man was able to see because he knew him. Peter was able to walk on water because he knew him. The Jews were able to walk on dry land in between the walls of the Red Sea because they knew him. Do you know him? Ask somebody, do you know him? Because when you know him, you'd rather be put out than to not act like you know him. So tell somebody, I'd rather be put out. <laughs> Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, asking you to continue to guide us and direct us. Because, Father, we realize that you have positioned us for your purpose. That where we are in our lives is all for your glory. Everything that we have been through has brought us to where we are for your glory. And Lord, we, your servants, surrender right now to you. Lord, have your way with our lives. Lord, we want to stand for you and not for anybody else. We want to live for you and not for anyone else. We want to speak for you and not for anyone else. And Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that today they can stand confessing, believing, that you are Lord and Savior. And they give their lives to you. Now, being able to see that you are the light of the world who's come to redeem them. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. We love you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Let church say amen. 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 May we stand and extend a hand of discipleship. Is there someone here?